On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem. Luke Marlowe with you. I hope you're having a great start to your Monday and you had a fabulous weekend. A little bit different this morning, a half-hour show. You'll have Glenn Munsey and Dean Lester joining you in just a tick. And then at 9.30 this morning, Sydney Eastern Standard Time, we will preview the Newcastle meeting. Ray Thomas will join Glenn Munsey and myself to have a look at that Newcastle program, which, of course, has been moved from Rose Hill on Saturday. We had that incredible rain. I'll read you some details in a moment about the rainfall that we've received at Rose Hill in particular over the last four weeks or so. It's been unprecedented, and as a result, we see Group 1 action going to the Hunter Valley today at Newcastle for the Tancred Stakes meeting, and it's great that that meeting can be moved and be run today. So we've got a huge Monday coming up. Before we get into Punters Postmortem, let's check your scratchings. Tanya Thomas, good morning. Morning, Luke. Morning, everyone. Yes, we have racing in Newcastle, Corindai and Queanbeyan today. Let's start with Newcastle, where the weather is overcast. The track is soft seven. The rail is out from the true 400 to the winning post to the remainder, and there are 26 scratchings. Out of race one, take number one, Thorin. Three, Morrissey. Six, New Arrangement. 13, Regal Stage. 15, Fox Fighter. 16, Astero and the Emergency, 17. 1, 3, 6, 13, 15, 16 and 17. From race two, number four, Maurice's Madad. Seven, Jalmari and 12, Three Wise Men. 4, 7, 12. Race three, number one, Hungry Heart. And six, Kiss on All Four Cheeks. 1 and 6. From race four, number one, Special Reward. Two, Just Folk. Three, Arameo and 10 Ashman 1, 2, 3 and 10. Race 5, number 5 Great House and 8 Avion Fury, 5 and 8 Out of race 6, number 10 Honey Creeper, number 10 from the 6th And race 7, number 1 Count de Rupi 8 Quantico, 13 Remark, 14 Shakiro And the Emergency, 16, 17 and 19. 1, 8 13, 14, 16 17 and 19 from race 7 at Newcastle. Corindai, the weather is overcast, the track is soft six, the rail is true, and there are 23 scratchings. Race one, take out three, Windable, number three. Race two, number four, Sterny Bear. Seven, Flying Foxy. Eight, Kiss and Shout. Eleven, Rue Picasso. And 14, Ouija Warrior. Four, seven, eight, eleven, and 14. Race three, number two, Nice Water. 8, Cherokee Cherry, 12, Lanova, Emergencies, 17 and 18, 2, 8, 12, 17 and 18. Race 4, number 7, Jekyll, 12, Takanaku, and 14, Trip to London, 7, 12 and 14. Race 5, number 11, Back in Black, and 13, Ben Schoof, 11 and 13. Race 6, number 4, Wine Time, 7, Big RJ, and 13, Miss Efficiency, Four, seven, and thirteen, and out of race seven, number two, ironic miss. Three, Rock Barton Roman. Seven, Elder Price, and the emergency seventeen. Two, three, seven, and seventeen. Out of race seven at Corindai.
And to Queen Beanne, the weather is overcast. The track a good four. The rail out three metres from the 900 to the 275 through the remainder and 18 scratchings. From race one, take two, listen to James and nine, Pyramid of Fire, two and nine. Race two, number two, Drummond, four, Mickey Rats, five, Sedoni and six, Carrington Falls, two, four, five and six. Race three, number 10, Miss Da Vinci and the Emergency 13, 10 and 13. Out of race four, number one, Zadig, Emergencies 13, 14, 15, one, 13, 14 and 15. Race five, number three, Bacchio del Mist and 12, Laslet, three and 12. Out of race six, number four, Duke of Gordon, five, Factoring Profit in the Emergency 13, four, five and 13. And race seven, take out number seven, Al Dasha, number seven from race seven, Luke, at Queanbeyan. Thank you so much, Tanya. Really busy Monday, as uh, you can appreciate with this transferred meeting from Rose Hill going to Newcastle. We've also got Corindai and Queanbeyan, as mentioned, on today. No Ron Duffercy this morning on Punders Postmortem. If you're just joining us, we'll have a half-hour show today, and then we will be previewing that Newcastle meeting with Ray Thomas, myself, and Glenn Munsey. I just wanted to read out a few figures that were sent through from Brett Devine from the ATC during the week for Rose Hill Gardens and some of the rainfall. Uh, on Saturday, 21 millimetres fell from 4.30am in the morning until race three. They'd had 286 millimetres in the last 21 days. This is as of Saturday. And they've had 667 millimetres in the last 30 days. To give you an idea, the average rainfall for the month of March is 120 millimetres. So they've had nearly six times that at Rose Hill. It has been unprecedented this rainfall and weather event that we've experienced over the last month or so. Let's introduce our uh, two gentlemen for this morning's Punters Postmortem. Firstly, I'll say good morning to you, Glenn Munsey. Busy day ahead, no doubt. Morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, Luke. Uh, good morning, Dean, when he comes on, and good morning to the listeners. Yes, a busy day. It's a little bit strange. First time any Group 1 racing to be conducted at Broadmeadow or Newcastle, and uh, a very interesting day to, to head because it's a completely different day to Saturday. We're dealing with a heavy 10 on Saturday at Rosehill Gardens. We've got a soft 7 at Newcastle uh, today. So it'll be interesting to see how the putters attack the meeting because they were, they were attacking on pace inside on Saturday at Rose Hill. And, well, uh, I know the last winner came right along the fence from Barrier 15 at Newcastle on Saturday. It'll be interesting to see how the track plays there today. Certainly will be. I'll come back to you in a sec, Munns, because if you're listening to this now and you've got a question related to betting, I'll come back to Munns in a sec just to sort of tell us exactly what's happened with all-in bets and also if you had a bet uh, final field. But Dean Lester had a good meeting down there at uh, Victoria on Saturday with the Mornington Cup. How are you this morning, Dino? I'm well, thank you, Luke. Uh, yeah, probably Group 1 racing Friday night as well with the uh, William Reid. But, uh, yeah, Mornington Cup Saturday and uh, Crystal Pegasus winning his way early doors into a Caulfield Cup if they want to take up that option. Yeah, and he's uh, high up in the market for the Sydney Cup as well Saturday week. Uh, Glenn, in regards to this meeting at Newcastle today, what's happened with these markets uh, if people had an all-in or final field bet? Yeah, I'll just strap the armour on, Luke, and uh, get yep. ready here. So, um, well, what <laughs> we operate under rules set down by the Office of Liquor, Gaming and Racing in New South Wales. All of the individual states have rules that we must abide to, and the rules state that if you had a bet final field on Saturday and that race was not run in within one day, 
all bets are refunded, as they were as soon as the meeting was uh, cancelled on Saturday and then said it would go ahead on Monday. All those remaining races on Saturday, which is races 4 through to 10, the final field bets that have been taken since Wednesday morning, were refunded. The all-in bets, and once again, according to the rules, we are acting in accordance with the rules that are set down by our licence. And the all-in rules state that if the race is run within seven days, all bets stand. It doesn't say whether it's at the same track, the same distance, the same stratosphere, the same planet, whatever. It just says if the race is run within seven days, all bets stand. Now, this is a completely new situation. Fixed odds betting didn't start in New South Wales until night 2000. Now, if you want to go back to the 50s or whatever like that, if the Caulfield Cup was postponed, all-in bets stood there, I'm sure, because all-in is what it states, all-in, and all-in remains all-in at all times. Beautiful. Whether you agree or you don't agree, that's not my concern, because if I was a punter, um, I'd be if, if you're on Dewis at the 20s, oh, that it's going to run $2.90 or $3 today, you'll be happy. But if you're on something that, you know, it uh, you backed it four months ago and it's a dry tracker and we've had 600 mils of rain leading into Rose Hill on Saturday and even a wet track today, well, that's that's the chance you take. Glenn, thank you so much for that uh, explanation. I think it's important we get that information out. And uh, I let's... don't set down the rules, Luke. I'm only reading no, the exactly. rules that are available to everyone on the website. And some people maybe wouldn't know where to look, mate, so I think it's important that you can uh, relay that information. So thanks for doing that. Back to Dean Lester in regards to the William Reid Stakes won by September run on Friday, Dino. Talk us through the win of September run, and how did the track play at the Valley on Friday? I thought the track played pretty well because you've got to remember it's the end of the uh, night racing season, Luke, and it is a very tired track. It's worn out. There's not a lot of width they've got uh, to use there. Uh, They've... The rail movements are true, you know, three metres, five metres, seven metres, and uh, they gallop over the same patch of ground a lot. So uh, I think considering all of that, it played pretty well. And the uh, William Reid itself was a high-pressure race. You knew that uh, with, say, Marabi in the race that she'd be going at good speed. Well, she didn't lead, and she went about two to three lengths faster the first 400 metres than she's ever gone in her career. But uh, Snapper and Jonker uh, were the two that were putting it out there and Jonker went about a length and a half faster than the first 400 than when he won the Manicato at the track and distance in the uh, spring. So they just burnt and it was a real sweet spot race. September run was about four lengths off that speed and improving into the race. Uh, perfect ride by Craig Williams. Uh, Andrew Mellion identified that on Helvorsen, got on the back of uh, September run. General Bow cut through the field, and you can just see that uh, in the run that they're within a couple of lengths of each other and they're far enough away from that speed that they weren't getting burnt. Uh, best of the on paces was really Generation. Marabi, I thought she hung on really well, but you know, obviously when a winning run comes to an end, it's disappointing, but she was far from disappointing in my eyes and mm. the astrologist ran very well there also. Yeah, uh, Dino, was it uh, a little bit of a shock in inverted commas, a September run winning? We'd seen it twice at Mooney Valley before in the William Reed last year and also in uh, the McEwen and you wouldn't say she really loved being at the Valley on either occasion. 
Yeah, I thought the William rerun last year was enormous, though, Munzi. If you remember, that was the night Mask Crusader cut through on the inside where you had to be, and she went round via the Tabaret. Uh, it was a terrific run, um, the 1,000-metre run. I just don't think she was going very well last spring, so I thought she was one of probably five chances in the race, and she was ended up being very good odds at around the $16 mark. But, uh, yeah, she just got that sweet run into the race. I think the biggest surprises were Hal Vorsen at the $60-odd and General Bow much the same, filling the placings. Yeah, does it does it vindicate a little um, the, the form of the new market? Everyone said, you know, you had to be down on the inside in the new market, which she was, and, and she's come out and won the group one at her next run. Well, she yeah, she did. The widest runner in the new market was Hal Vorson on the outside, so he was in the wrong ground. He's on second. Uh, and the astrologist who ran very well in the new market didn't get a lot of luck here. So they all ran pretty well, uh, as, as you say. Uh, so... Uh, that inside group uh, have, have backed up and performed well in the William Reed, a totally different track on Friday night. Mm. Thanks for that, Dino. Uh, just going to the next race there, the, the last, there was a good betting move on So You See. She maybe went up the wrong odds originally, but she didn't appear to have much luck from that draw. No, uh, and she's very much a learner. She's only having a third start. Uh, I thought probably inexperience and, and bad luck cost her at Flemington. And again, on Friday night, not much went right for her, but uh, Mark Zara gave Daisies the right ride and the right run, and she was able to beat Bonza Perla, who'd run well in the Australian Guineas, so that I think it's good form, but, gee, this filly, Docker, she was runner-up in the uh, VRC Oaks in the spring. Is she going well for the Australasian Oaks in Adelaide in about uh, five or six weeks' time? Uh, she was home the second-best last 200 of the meeting, uh, just oh, yeah. without much room. Without much, uh, you know, only probably got clear with about 150 to go. So it was a very short chance for her to make up that ground and she rolled through the line beautifully. So I can't wait to see her on the big track. I think she goes uh, maybe to Caulfield in about three weeks and then two weeks into the Australasian Oaks. Surely that's a massive push if you can run the second fastest last 200 at the end of a mile on a, a Group 1 sprint night, Dino. That that seems very, very good, doesn't it? Uh, it does, yeah. And there were some sharp races on the night. There was yeah. the 955s and 1200s, and yet she, yeah, she blasted through the line. If you've got a question for Dean Lester in regards to that Friday meeting at the Valley or also Mornington from Saturday, you can call us 13.53.53 as Wayne has done on line one. Let's go to our first caller now. Good morning, Wayne. Morning. What's your question? Uh, uh, can I ask Munsey? I, I, I had, had a bet on on Saturday at Mornington and I had just a place bet on the winner of the Hariba Stakes, Moroni's horse. I got seven dollars fixed early Saturday morning, and I was paid sixty dollars and ninety cents for a ten dollar place bet. I realised the second favourite was scratched, was a late scratching, but is that a ninety-one cent deduction? We just were you, uh, and what race was this? Sorry, La Mexicana in the Hariba. Yeah, well, she was very tight in the market. Well, she was, so. was four dollars eighty when we did the preview on Saturday morning. Mm. And I'll go back to the results page here. You need to check any of these. You just go to the website and you go you go to tab.com.au. You click on results and you go to, if you're looking for a result in the last few days, you go to previous results. You select the date that you're looking at, which was Saturday the uh, the, the 26th. No, it's and, much uh, the easier races. to ring Glenn Munsey. 
Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but by all means, get just get me to do it of a Monday morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Mornington race number race number seven. You scroll down to Mornington race number seven. This is like one of those to-do videos. Um, yeah. In race number seven, and the late scratching there of La Mexicana, which came out at uh, uh, 16, 19 and 25 seconds, was 15 cents a win and 13 cents a place. So if you're working out what you should be getting, whatever the face value of your ticket was the place, you multiply it by 0.87 because you're losing 13 cents, and that works out what um, you're doing there. Does that make sense, Wayne? Not really. No. Like, right. Okay, what, what, what was your bet? Well, well, I had a $10 pace bet, and I got $7 fixed on it. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, you, you're bet, looking at a ticket on it with $70. Yeah, yeah. and after the de- deduction, I got $60.90. And Which is 13 cents. Yeah, Which is 13 really. cents. It's <laughs> 13 cents at the face value of the ticket. So the face value of the ticket was $70. Multiply 70 by 0.87 and you finish with $60.90. Okay, thank you very much. Good on you, Wayne. No, we're here to help, mate. And it is confusing, guys, sometimes. If you don't know exactly how it works uh, with the deductions, then um, that's a, a lesson well, for anyone out there. Well, the other thing is um, people think deductions are, is a new a new concept of racing uh, because of the fact that all betting was done on the racetrack or SP um, and was only done and started 30 minutes before the race or, or whatever the period of time was there. There was, there was very, very few scratchings. You'd get a late scratching at the barrier, but there wouldn't be many of them. So when you were betting on the race day with the bookie or the SP, you knew what the field was. All the scratchings have been taken out in the morning. Yep. And if you've got a late scratching, there'd be some sort of confusion there. But you wouldn't have the situation now that we're doing. We're betting on meetings from, say, four days beforehand, and they are the final fields. because with the, the, And you get a situation over four days, you could have numerous amounts of scratchings. And then you'll have a late scratching after 7.30 on a Saturday morning as well, or a scratching at the barrier. Even a horse declared a non-runner at the end of the race. And, and I think that's what adds to the confusion with people not getting their head around the simple fact of deductions. Yeah. And, of course, if you have an all-in bet, they don't apply. No, and as I said, all in is all yeah. in at all exactly. times. So yeah. even if you're back to horse all in that is down to run today and it is declared a late scratching at the barrier or a non-runner, sorry, you do your money because all in is all in at all times. What caught your eye on Saturday at Mornington, Dino? You mentioned Crystal Pegasus winning that Mornington Cup. He's now exempt from ballot from a Caulfield Cup. I do wonder if they aim up for that or if they test him at two miles in a Sydney Cup. Oh, I think yeah, I think the Sydney Cup options well and truly uh, there for him. Uh, he's in great form. He's got the light weight. He's still going to, you know, even if he won a Sydney Cup, he wouldn't have an excessive weight in a Caulfield Cup. At the moment, he's on 50 kilos in a Caulfield Cup. So he wins a Sydney Cup. He, he wins it. He probably goes to about 53. So he wouldn't, it wouldn't be an excessive penalty that he'd pay. So I would think they could certainly have a, a you know, if, if Chris Waller wants to go that path and, He's going like a horse that would be well suited there. Um, why not? But uh, the horse that impressed me most on Saturday wasn't in one of the features, actually. It was in the first, uh, a horse by the name of Quintello. Uh, she's really smart. Uh, she is a bred to Northern Hemisphere time, so she's still sort of maturing up. Uh, it says she's five-year-old. Well, she's only just turned five. She's not rising six. Uh, and her win was outstanding first up, and... 
she can run 1,400, probably 1,600 strongly, handles wet or dry, uh, and she's got a low rating. She was a 67 rater going into Saturday, so I think we get two win, two more wins before she even has to tackle a decent race. So, uh, yeah, she's a good betting uh, prospect in the next few weeks. Yeah, the market yeah. certainly got that race right, Dino. Yep. When in the morning, they were sort of, or even in the days leading up to the races, it and uh, Torino yeah. uh, were sort of equal favourites. They were still equal favourites Saturday, and then they just hammered uh, Quintello on the day. And they also got the, the two-year-old right in the second race there. Well, it sort of came back to where it was right throughout the week. We'd do it, Lara and Yaka Ishii. Yaka Ishii was second pick into, well, it was odds on there at one stage on Saturday morning, and, and Duet La, who'd been odds on, got out to odds against, but then the market turned around again the last 20 minutes. It did, and they both got bowled over by a rank outsider in a virtuous circle, and I didn't see that coming, but uh, it was a, quite a good win, actually, by virtuous circle. Uh, just kept uh, poking along the inside. Good ride by Fred Kersley there uh, to beat Duet La. Yaka Ishii... Uh, I was surprised with the tactics there. He led and rolled along in the VRC size and ran really well. He led and tried to stack them up down the side there at Mornington. It's an absolute no-no. And they just went past him like, uh, yeah, he didn't get a chance to build his momentum again. So it was a total forgive run for the, or end up second favourite, Yakarishi. Dean, uh, is there any an occasion with a certain horse where stacking them up is to an advantage? You're sort of saying this this horse has good stamina and likes to have the momentum built up, but do you think there's the other side of the coin as well with a horse that that does like to stack and then sprint? Well, yeah, I think yeah. The the, the thing with that is, uh, and one of the leading riders once told me that. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 jockey that controls the speed is the jockey running second. So if you're leading and stacking them up, as long as the bloke running second doesn't attack you too early, you're going to get it very easy and then quicken up at your own leisure. But if they go to you quick and you're half restraining, then you've got to go from first to sixth gear uh, straight away. Uh, it just doesn't seem to help horses' chances that much. Those horses flowing into the race just are advantaged. That's right. It does more harm than good sometimes, doesn't it? The, the yeah. other hand break or anchor drop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What about the uh, rest of the support card? We also had the uh, the Hariba Stakes, which was won by Not an Option. Uh, good to see Paddy Maloney roll on from that Group One success with a listed winner. And uh, we also had the Mornington Guineas, which was won by Jungle Magnate. Yeah, well, uh, not an option winning. Um, yeah, that race changed with the late scratching of La Mexicana. 13 cents in the dollar, I think, months uh, for La Mexicana. <laughs> uh, that's that's uh, a place, Dean. Uh, oh, a win, place, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. win was 15, 15 cents a place. Yeah. So okay. if Thank you're on you. the winner, and uh, you'll get oh, no. 0.85 rather than 0.87. Okay, Don't well, up, Dino. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> and had La Mexicana been in another race and you backed it to win that race, uh, you're taking the same horse double. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, but uh, not an option who, well, he'd been around the block a bit uh, with Stables trying to get him right. And Mike Moroni gave him one run in the spring and said that, yeah, we've got to do the uh, the ultimate gear change and geld him if they want to race horse. And uh, first up, uh, they got a, a really good prize on Saturday. And, uh, he could go on to a race maybe like the Goodwood or something like that uh, later on. Superior ran well. You know him well up in Sydney. Chassis was the one I liked. And just early in the race, she's quite a keen-going horse. And uh, Michael D had the option of just sliding up inside uh, one of the roughies in Maritana. But he let it cross him. Um, and I think he was too worried about you know, firing his mare up first up and just ended up a pair further back than ideal and might have cost a little bit, but uh, Chassis ran well for the new stable and 
the Guineas, well, it was a controversial race. Uh, the, the winner, sharp response, or first across the line, did a great job. But uh, about the 150-metre mark, it was evident that uh, Bo Mertens had struck uh, Jungle Magnate uh, across the nose with a whip on two occasions. The second one, he reacted that much. He nearly savaged uh, the horse uh, uh, to his inside, and Damien Oliver protested and protested successfully. And when you saw the vision, it wasn't so much that he got struck across the nose with the whip. We see that every day, but... It was that he was drifting out to do it. Like if I think if Jungle Magnated drifted into uh, Bo Mertens' whip line, well, it would have been dismissed. But he drifted out into Jungle Magnate's territory, and that's why it was upheld. Yeah, there might have been intimidation there as well. <laughs> well, there was intimidation in the room. Damien uh, Oliver's uh, evidence. He he played them on a break there, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think. I think the right. As soon as they went across the line, I thought, "Oh, I don't know if this winner's going to keep the race." So, yeah, gotcha. And this this type of thing does happen on occasions, Dino. It's not obviously intentional, but they're racing quite tight or drifting out, as you said. Then, yeah, the jockey uh, can sometimes strike another runner by accident in a, in a race. Well, that's right. Well, Twitter lit up because they, they could recount countless occasions where horses have been struck across the nose with the whip. But those horses, then you go back and watch the replays. It, going it, straight. It, or they were going inwards towards the horse that uh, was leading. So the, the the actual second horse was the offender. It was ducking in. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was totally different circumstance on Saturday. Absolutely. There's, it never shocks you what can sort of pop its, pop its head up in this caper, isn't it? There's always something uh, always something going on. So that was an interesting uh, protest in that eight at uh, Mornington. Do you have a horse to follow for us, Dean, out of that meeting or over the weekend? Oh, I just think Quintello from the first, Luke. Uh, as I said, she's lowly graded. So you, 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 she'll win a 78 and an 84 before she has to go to any sort of open mares grade. Uh, she, she's got no problems racing through the grades in the next few weeks. So, uh, you know, I think she's the one to follow. Terrific. And, mate, obviously today uh, we've got this Rose Hill meeting moved to Newcastle. Spanish Mission comes out of that Australia Cup, um, as does Dewis. That sort of form appears a strong form line today for the Tancred. Oh, I would think so. Uh, I think Dewis was outstanding. Spanish Mission was brave because he, he probably overdid it a bit on the speed uh, in the Australian Cup and he, you know, it was probably foreign territory to him but I think the track coming up a soft seven is ideal for uh, Jewess and I think uh, she'll be very hard to beat. There's a few other Victorians. I think our playboy is going well. Uh, he wouldn't have minded a heavy ten but soft seven's fine for him and I think Anna Vista will be awfully hard to beat in the emancipation. She's been a very finicky mare, been very highly strung. Uh, she just seems to have improved with racing and uh, that was a, just a tremendous effort first up, and I think on the strength of that, uh, she'll be awfully hard to beat. That's uh, that's good to get your thoughts on those two horses as well, because some of our Sydney punters who may just focus on the one state or just metropolitan racing in Sydney, they'll look at those horses today in races three and four at Newcastle and maybe be a little bit unfamiliar. But Jamie Carr, she's obviously, I'm not sure if she returned to Melbourne or is flying back or whatever, but she retains both of those rides today, Dean, which is another good push for, push for their chances. Yeah, well, she's the absolute key to Anna Visto. Uh, a lot of the you know, other jockeys have won on her, but they just don't get her to relax like uh, Jamie has, and she's really got a, a great affinity with her. And I like that she's drawn the outside. Uh, I think she can just come across gradually, and she'll probably, if she doesn't lead, uh, you know, expat might lead, 
But if uh, she doesn't leave, she'll be just in a more won't have to dig up to a spot, so she'll be a lot more relaxed. So it's a, it's a really good draw for her, I think, Anna Visto, and uh, I thought she could win. And I thought uh, horse, well, you saw him last start in the far lap stakes, but we've seen him a bit down here. Character, I think he's going really well too. Yeah, he's the Godolphin horse, appears on mm. a, a derby pass. Just digressing to that Emancipation Stakes, there was a horse that won in Melbourne last start. She's been scratched out of that race, kiss on all four cheeks for WA trainer Dan Morton. I believe she's heading towards a Doncaster. Did that win in Melbourne stack up okay figures-wise? Because she put a margin on them, didn't she? Yeah, she won well. Uh, she stretched out really well over the final stages. Yep, figures were good. She looked good. Uh be just a matter of what sort of ground she gets on the day and if she can handle it because she's just got a massive action so uh, you'd just be hoping that she could get a grip of the ground because uh, she's going very well I mean it's going to be as it is every year great Doncaster but uh, yeah she's an informed horse Absolutely. Glenn, did you have anything to follow out of the weekend? Um, I know we only had the few races in Rose Hill, but did anything across the board catch your eye? Uh, no, not really, Luke. It was it was hard to see them. Uh, <laughs> I've tried to work out what had gone good, bad or indifferent there. You, uh, I wanna, the can I races. ask you about one, Munns? I've been following him. Uh, Skylab, is he better? Do you think he, I know Saturday's hard to judge them on. Is he a better run on Milo? Do you reckon the 2000 finds him out? Um, it was a really testing track, and I don't think he is yep. a genuine stayer, and and I think he's probably better a, a little bit fresher, I, yep. and I don't know whether he is a you know an absolute knob in very that very sort wet of ground. ground. Okay, yeah. yep. I think it becomes a bit too uh, much of a slog for him. I think yep. sort of softer tracks are better for him, and I think two thousand is his absolute end distance, and when you combine that with a real wet bog what it was Saturday I think it was just too much for him even though he still made ground yeah he because I thought at 300 he looked like he was shaping as the winner and I just wonder if he runs at 2,000 metres because he ran second in that Rose Hill Guineas to Maunga but that might have just flattered him a bit and he, you know, he's a fresh miler and that race there like you know uh, we saw um, Mount Popper holding on to beat Polly Gray and uh, uh, everyone that was on Polly Gray would be, you know, have their head in their hands. Winching. I actually walked walked out of the races with Tommy Berry, and he said, "Well, you know, she should have won because uh, he just couldn't go on the point of the turn." But he said every time he came at Mount Popper in the last hundred metres, Mount it Popper found. found something. Yeah. So the mail is he was spraying of... Berry on the way out. A few spectators yeah. were concerned for his welfare. You were getting stuck into him, apparently. No, no, no. I was very kind to him as he was. He, he had to get out of the races to get to the football to go and watch Canberra play, and he would have had his head in his hands there for quite a while of that oh, game yes. as well. He said, geez, I have had a good day here. Fancy driving all the way to Canberra to watch this when they were down, what, 22 <laughs> blot, weren't they? Yeah, and they and came out He'd be bouncing around there, be straight to uh, Mooses or whatever yes. it's called. Oh, Mooseheads. Well, you know it Mooseheads. well, Munns. Okay. Yes. Not surprised yes. you can't remember the joint's name. <laughs> I can't remember a lot from it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't have oh, a Moosehead, I had a sawhead. Yeah. He goes good down there, Dino. You should have seen him uh, Black Opal Day uh, in the evening, Glenn, just letting the... Well, there's no hair to let down, but for expression of speech purposes, he certainly was doing something. It's a brave move when the Canberra Cup was on the Monday. He had to back yeah, up. Oh, yeah. oh, no, oh, when when you've stupid. been doing it a long while, doing, yeah. you know, the quick backup doesn't affect Season. some people. Yeah, I know it affected a certain person that is talking at the moment oh, uh, that gasped. became a hermit on, oh, on the yes. Monday and was really? uh, they actually sent the federal police out with cadaver dogs <laughs> to find him. Oh, I missed the first couple of races, but eventually got there. Hey, I Dino, the caller. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Day off, day off. It's all good. Hey, thanks for coming on, Dino. Make, you, make sure you still send in the full invoice. Uh, oh, absolutely. Half show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Use it on lunch today with no meetings in Victoria. <laughs> exactly.
You have a Terrific. good day, mate. Thanks, guys. Good on you. Dean Lester joining us. Glenn, you'll be sticking around with me for a full preview of Newcastle very shortly. We'll also touch base with the track manager, Chris Nation. You're on Sky Sports Radio. It's 9.37.